Hey guys, welcome to another episode of One Life. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Our mission at One Life is to inspire you to take risks, dream big, and to live your life on purpose. On today's episode, we had such a blast with one of our favorite musicians of all time. Literally, we love this guy. We're talking about Dave Barnes. Yep, whether you're already a huge fan of Dave or just learning about him for the first time, you are going to love his music and this conversation. As you'll soon learn, Dave is not only a super talented singer-songwriter, he's also one of the funniest guys on the planet. Yeah, we cover a lot of ground with Dave. We talk about his journey of becoming a musician, how God carried him along the way, how becoming a dad has shifted his priorities as a traveling artist and changed his view of what success actually looks like. Yeah, it's so good. And lastly, we talk about how to intentionally create room for your spouse's dream while you're living out a dream that's pretty big. She has never, ever a day of our marriage worried about money or if I could pull this off. On the days where I come in, I'm like, that's it, babe. It's over. The songs are gone. Nobody likes me. I haven't been putting in a show for three shows. I'm like, she's always believes so much in my ability. I think it's really humbling because she's never worried about it. I think she really believes that God is in control and that he's good and his plan is the best plan. We had such a blast chatting with Dave, and you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, and as always, (laughs) you'll be moved and inspired on your own journey to live out your calling. And make sure you stick around to the end to enjoy one of our favorite songs off Dave's new album. All right, guys, here's Dave. Dave, welcome to One Life. Yeah, Dave Matthews. But you're not Dave, not Dave Matthews. Dave. Oh boy, this is awkward. Matthews look like we'll Dave do it Barnes. Anyways. I guess we'll just run with it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Seriously, bro. Oh, thanks for bro. being here. We are so so stoked to have you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So for our listeners, for the couple people that are lived on a rock and don't have a clue who you are, I don't know why that would happen or who. Or live in Iraq. They live in Iraq. Iraq. But we're pretty popular Iraq. over there. It's yeah. kind of a huge. huge we got that you, area covered. You killed that around. demo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Take a minute to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what do you do, a little bit of your story. So I um, I live here in Nashville, married to my wonderful wife, Annie. We have three kids, play music for a living, and just started doing stand-up with that, which has been kind of a fun addition. And I turned 40 next mm. month. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah, just getting That's started, amazing. bro. I know. I know. So... <laughs> It is a fun season of life because it does feel like kind of starting the second chapter. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the family's kind of sussed out. That's we would like to keep it at three kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no offense. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we get it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It, it just kind of feels like some uh, seasons are coming to a close, and wonderful ways and new ones are sort of starting. So yeah, it's a fun season. That's awesome. So let's jump right into your story. How did you get started in music? Did you always know that you wanted to do this as a career? When did kind of the dream of being a musician start for you? You know, it's funny. I mean, my story is, and the risk is not really cheesy, but it's such a God-authored story in that like most of it has to do with me kind of going, oh, that's this huge door that's open. I'll walk through that door. And it was not a lot of me sort of like, pounding my head against the wall, praying, and this is what I really want, Lord, give it to me. It was a lot more sort of like, hey, this is kind of cool. Oh, this is cool, you know. Shiny uh, in the, yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. That laser pointer and kittens, you know. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, I, I went to school to play drums at MTSU, and you guys know about that with Belmont and everything. Very similar to Belmont, except uh, the public school version of that. But, um, 
went to went true. to uh, a, aka not leaving with playing debt for the rest of life. Right. But uh, but uh, Belmont, that said, is tremendous at what they do. Right. I, I need to say that is my friends that graduated from there are light years. I feel like ahead of most people coming out of quote unquote music schools. Um, anyway, I digress. But but so I went to school to play drums and then. My roommate had a guitar. I started to play guitar. So I sort of did that. And then uh, really, really, like I'd played drums for a lot of my life and enjoyed it. But once I started playing guitar, it sort of felt like, oh, this is what I like about music. And so I started to write songs literally immediately. It was kind of weird that way. And that's what I mean by the Lord. It was like all of a sudden I'd found this thing. Like drums were kind of my gateway drug to music. That was the way I got into it. But it wasn't what I loved about it. You know, like I'd play on gigs and stuff and I was in a band in high school and it was always fun but it never it was like I'm close to what I like about this but I'm not doing whatever that is yet and I think once I started playing guitar and writing songs I was like this is what I love this is what I like about music creating it so throughout college wrote tons of songs and by the end of college we're starting to sing those and do like little coffee houses and stuff like that because a friend who used to sing the songs that I would write was finally like dude you should start singing some of these songs you have a really cool voice and I was like no, 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 no. That is not what I do. So then I started to play out. It just kind of felt like, well, I guess if I've got these songs, people should hear them. Well, I don't know why my brain worked that way, but it did. So I started doing that. And then uh, and then that's kind of how it started. And then I met this guy, Bebo Norman, at a Young Life camp. Um, and Bebo knew this guy named Ed Cash, who's a producer, songwriter in Nashville. And he was like, y'all should meet. And so then Ed moved to town. I worked for Ed for about six months, just kind of doing whatever he needed because he just moved to town. So he needed everything like helping go pick up furniture to like helping in the studio and, you know, singing on some sessions and stuff like that. So at the end of 2001, we made me pee and that was the beginning of my career. And so from then, um, you know, I've just been doing music full time, which is crazy to say out loud. Like every time I say that, I'm like, when does the government send me that letter? That's like, that's enough um, <laughs> we're good with your contribution. You weren't even supposed to be doing this. Right. You, you know, go, go get a real job. So, um, we all lost the pool. We all lost the bet. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. So, so I think a lot of it is just God's kindness and graciousness and sort of like, I think because I'm just such a Neanderthal, he was like, I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? You know, and it was like, yeah. look at that, look at him. How are we going to do, you know? Well, we, you know, we interviewed a, another buddy who's in the band safety suit and he just said, man, and you know, people joke all the time in different parts of our world to talk about how the music industry is just such a beating it's like the to hardest try and career. survive yeah and like eat and enjoy Feed your family your yeah all, all of that. it yeah well it's especially where it is now it's it takes so much faith and i feel like calling to really do it and enjoy it you can mm-hmm. do it but i think to really feel like this is something that's still giving me life and i enjoy and i feel like i'm you know really using my skill set to introduce people in different ways to the lord and just kind of Christian worldview and stuff, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to music. So I think for people that really are in it, I feel like a lot of those people have a lot of inexplicable stories because otherwise it's, it's such a grind. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You got got some of that Jesus pixie dust stuff. It's like, well, then we met, you know, Eddie Van Halen. We wrote a bunch of songs because we were skiing in Utah and I broke his femur, you know, uh, by skiing into him. You know, there's, there's just all those kinds of stories. Yeah. So, who are the people kind of behind your success, right? There's always somebody who's kind of behind the scenes cheering you on. Was that your parents? Was it somebody around you saying, hey, I want to encourage you to go for this dream? I know you said you had a buddy that said, hey, start singing. But was there one person, a collective group of people that was kind of cheering you on, supporting you along the way? Uh, it takes a village, right? right. <laughs> it takes, it takes a village to raise a Dave Barnes. 
<laughs> yeah, it may have been actually more like a metropolis. Yeah. Makes a metropolis, raise a day more. Uh, but um, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. Again, it's a lot of God ordained meetings of people. My mom and dad were supportive, but I think very tentative. Probably like we'll be with our kids. They really trusted the, me with the Lord and the Lord with me. But I think at the same time, they were sort of on the sidelines like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, you're doing great, honey. You're doing great. Oh, my God. 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 So I remember one time, like, mom tells us all the time. <laughs> I love this story because, one, I don't remember it, but just knowing my mom. But mom tells a story that she comes out as I was sort of packing the car. And she's been thinking about this all week. And, like, how do I bring this up without being, like, the bad character in the movie, you know, the one that's like the, the, the coach that told Michael Jordan he never played basketball. The dream crusher, right, right. Yeah, the dream crusher. That, that is absolutely the motivation for the rest of that character's life. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. So she says she comes out of the car and she's like, well, you know, honey, like I've just been thinking about this music thing and, and do you really think this is wise? I mean, you haven't really been doing it long. And, and I think I said something to the effect of like, well, you know, mom, you just always said, delight yourself in the Lord and he'd give you desires to be hard. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really feel like this is what I want to do. And she said, she was just kind of like, I did say that. I did. Oh, I did say that. Okay. But, you know, some of the effect of like, you know, just trusting this, this is what the Lord has got me to do. And and she said, she was kind of like, and from the mouth of babes, you know, sort of. uh, At least she didn't wait till the last second before you left the house. Um, Yeah, I know. Wait, don't put the car in reverse yet, babe. Just hold (laughs) Hold on the window. Uh, One more thing. One more quick thing. Yeah. So mom, mom and dad have always been super supportive. I think friends, as you know, and community, um, Nashville living here, I think, I mean, you guys know this, uh, is integral. I mean, to have, I mean, I'll never forget my wife when we got married to Nashville and her saying, you know, this is so unique that I can be at Kroger buying groceries, run into another wife of a musician and them go, Hey, how y'all doing? Good. You know, Dave's in Texas doing shows. Oh my gosh, that's great. Who's out with him? What's his band? How have the show's been? How's merch selling? And Annie was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and not somebody that, you know, when we were dating and she was living in Jackson, it's like, Oh, well, I mean, I hope he's being faithful. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, is, is he doing, is he doing cocaine? Um, is he still doing that? Was he doing that? Is he doing the marijuana? So, you know, I, I, that is such a, again, as you guys know from having been here, I think uh, having a community that sort of speaks the language you speak and, and gets that is for support is huge. So I think that's part. And honestly, man, Ed Cash, who I've worked on so many of my records with, has been just such a massive, massive part. I, I, I kind of cheated because, you know, Ed was already a really successful, established producer, and I was a plebe i mean i was like fresh out the womb <laughs> with my career and he was like hey let's do this ep together and i mean if i brought in 10 songs and he was like no no, no you got five maybe and <laughs> i think you. if i'd put out 10 my career could be really different because they just weren't as good mm-hmm. and i think having someone with all the experience he had and the skills that he had at my genesis was massive because it just set the trajectory so high that's a really unique skill. I mean, you guys know that, like the ability to hear songs and right. to help, like, what does that song need? Or you don't have the songs. Cause you know, that's what you're known for. That that's really what your career is based on its songs. And I think he was, he's always been so good at helping me get to the best ones. You know, you really build your career off the first three albums. That's it. You know, Bonnie Raitt and some people like that have, you know, would make a time for her when she was probably 40, but that was really unique. I mean, she had five albums before that, that were kind of, small successes but then when that came out she won the grammy you know like and then she kind of catapulted into superstardom 
But that's really rare. Usually you get those first three albums where people kind of either go, yeah, or no. And then, you know, and that's why James Taylor's still playing songs from his first 10 albums. Yeah. Because people tend to either sort of give you a pass or not, you know, on that. So Yeah, that's awesome. You got to tell the Bonnie Raitt story. I love that story. Well, this, I mean, again, like, that's what I like about my career is I can't tell stories without talking about the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, which is so easy for me because it's like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Frog and Monkey, which is a big coffee shop here in Nashville, um, I was there working on whatever. And I've made this rule and I still do this. I mean, again, about to be 40 next summer. And I still do this. If there is someone that I respect that I see, I give them a record. Still now. I mean. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I, I, you just I, keep them I, in your pocket? You're just like... Well, eh. now it's like they have them in their pocket. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, please hold up. You have this, and you didn't even yeah. know. Whoa. Hey, I need <laughs> you to buy my record. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to purchase Dude, my record. Me, yeah, yeah. Let's, I'll start crying if we talk too long about this and <laughs> lamenting that, that that's gone. Yeah. But so, so I was sitting in there, and I, I look up, and I see her and this other woman getting coffee. And I and Bonnie Raitt to me, it's her and Stevie Wonder are kind of like the two. They're they're two of my favorites. And um Of course. And I was like, uh, Dave, don't do this. Like, leave her alone. She's here. She was in a rush, I could tell. And I was like, Don't be that guy. As I'm walking from my car with my CD, like I'm like, Dave, don't be that guy pulling it out, shutting the trunk. Okay, don't go in there and bother opening the door. Excuse me, Bonnie. I'm like, don't do this. Hi, excuse me, ma'am. So she kind of turns around. She's like, oh, hi. And I was like, hey. And I can tell she's in a massive rush. But I'm like, this will never. God literally has delivered her to me. I can't not do this. So she's like, you know, busy. Okay, hey, you know, putting some cream in the coffee, kind of looking over her shoulder. And I'm like, hey, my name. You know, oh, no, I said, uh, listen, I'm a big fan. She's like, oh, that's great. And I said, yeah, I'm so sorry to bother you. She's like, okay, yeah, you know, we're kind of in a rush. And I said, uh, but my name is Dave Barnes. And she stops and turns and squares up with me. And I was like, uh, I don't know what happens now. Like, and she's like, what'd you say? And I was like, uh, my name is Dave Barnes. She's like, yep. And so she grabs her friend who's Beth Nielsen Chapman, who's a huge singer songwriter. She says, Beth, this is the guy I was talking about. And I'm like, okay, so now we've gone way off script. This is not, I don't know what happens now. I don't, that, I don't know if you're joking, you know. Wasn't so expecting was like, that. Yeah. No, no, no. So I'm, you know, of course I'm, I'm gobsmacked. So I'm like, okay. And she said, I've got on my computer at home a little sticky note with your name on it <laughs> stuck to the computer <laughs> and so i'm literally like uh, you know i've heard some of your stuff too it's um it's, it's all good. right yeah you, john you work is remarkable uh boys could use some but uh so she's like listen i don't have time to talk i gave her it was brethren to sign my, my first record and i and she said i'm taking this we're gonna play some shows <laughs> and i was like well this couldn't have gone better other than you kissing me on the cheek <laughs> uh and if you and want so, to, yeah. uh, and here it is. You know, if, there it is, you know. And I'd shave, so it could be a quick interaction. You're going to get called on me, like. And uh, so she leaves, and I'm literally just like floating. <laughs> I think I think the place just started to cheer. Yeah, everyone like, stops. So anyway, sure enough, man. A week later, my booking agent calls, and he's like, "I don't know what happened, but Bonnie Raitt's manager just called and wants you to play three shows with her." And I was like, "You are kidding me." So we went out and played Taste Chicago for 80,000 people. Um, then we played two more shows, and she was just as wonderful. I mean, she and Amy Grant are the two most benevolent, angelic, wonderful people. And she, like, my whole Taste of the Chicago set, she sat side stage and smiled and listened. And 
And then uh, after a show we played in Michigan together, she came back, told her road manager to not bother and sat with me and my band for 15 minutes. Like sat in a chair and was like, so what, what's up? Tell me about y'all. You know, so, so, cool. so you go, kind of I just think know. I'm going to retire. Like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hit well, the top. That's so awesome. So that was a huge high, right? You talk all the time about yeah. uh, a career in music being full of highs and lows. How do you navigate yeah. the highs and lows of a career in the music industry? And maybe give a couple examples of some highs and lows that you've experienced along the way. Um, a lot of the highs for me are when I meet people that I love and respect musically and they either know about me or, you know, like Bonnie go, Oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. How can I help? Those to me are always the highest of highs, you know, like having respect from people that I really respect, you know, meeting John Mayer, you know, forever ago and him, him just being such a big champion of what I'm doing. That kind of stuff is, you can't touch that. But you know, the lows are, I think one of the lows is always sort of navigating your own expectations, you know, and sort of being careful not to judge my career or people's enjoyment of what I do by very minute to minute struggles. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. trying to have more of a macro view of it and less of like, why didn't as many people come last night in Houston as they usually do? And then thinking my career is in the pits because of one night or my career is in the pits because three or four shows didn't go well or, so it's tricky. And I think, I mean, you know, the thing that I've spent a lot of time thinking about these days, the career arc of an artist is so tricky because people really listen and stay close to those first few albums. Really, they tend to love what they first interacted with you on. You know, just knowing how to deal with this season of a career, you know, because you're not, I'm not selling near as many albums as I used to. And it feels like a lot of the attention I had for a long time is not quite as there. And then trying to, to figure out how to deal with that and, you know, change expectations, realize it's so much in my demographic or where y'all are. And I am, you have kids and you live in the burbs and you don't even know I'm still making music or, or you may, but there's no way you can get downtown to see a show and get a bait. There's just so many things that, I mean, my wife is kind of, I always laugh is kind of my demographic, you know, she loves music. She lo- loves having records but she doesn't listen to music anymore. I mean, she's got three kids she's chasing around, and she barely has time to be by herself to like use the bathroom, much <laughs> less like have an enjoying music session on her headphones. You preach, know what I mean? preach. So, and in the well, and you know, in the and and you guys know this better than I do, but like you know, in the van, we're not listening to the new Coldplay. I mean, we're listening to like kids bop or right. you know, like the three yep. songs they like that I like. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. You know, we all live in a yellow. So let's just do it. Daddy, one more time. You're like, oh my lord. You know. Oh, so, we've got well, we've got sound of music Dave right Barnes, now. Though. Our oh, kids love. There we go. Well, they, thank you for that. They actually yeah, do. This. So really I think do. those those can be tricky to navigate. You know, I think I think just trying to understand what the arc of a career and how to sustain yourself over a long time, and being realistic. To know, I think I think that's the last thing I'll say is. Me trying to be realistic with how life is and the fact that I don't listen to as much music as I used to, used to and it's not fair for me to look at you know my fans and go like, why aren't you guys buying this stuff up like you used to? And they're like, well, one, we didn't even know you're still alive, uh, much less making music. So I think trying to be realistic and going like, hey, man, everybody's got a million things going on and I just need to be thankful that I still get to do it. And then, you know, like knowing that having these last few shows, we've have been great and bunches of people have been coming out and, and being able to celebrate that as opposed to going in and going, 
well, last time I played her, we played in a room twice this size. But it's like, yeah, but you sold out this size. Yeah. That's a win. Right. You know, so, yeah. that's awesome. you know, stuff like that can be tricky. That's so. so great. I love what you said about the people, the relationships when it comes to the highs. Because I think people want to hear the stories like, nah, man, it was when I did this sold out concert and everyone was screaming my name. But like those come and go. But those relationships are the things that are so important. Yeah. But I do want you to tell me about the whole God gave me you, what that was like, what happened there, and give people kind of a little understanding that you're the guy behind that song, the magic of God gave me you. Yeah, the the magic, the magic. Magic. One man, one song. (laughs) Two guys, two dudes. Yeah. So that story is really interesting because it kind of started with a prayer for encouragement because I was. I was in a low, like, honestly, I was in a season where I was just worn out. Like we, I'd been on this record label for a couple records and we had just been cranking and it felt like, you know, we were making a dent, but not quite as much as I think we all were hoping yet things were going really well. And so I literally just, I was starting to pray about it. And I just felt like the Lord was like, just pray for encouragement. Just like pray that word. You don't have to get all wordy and just like praying for her. So that was what I was praying. I would just literally pray like, Lord, I could just use an encouragement. So we had done the record. It was actually done. And I wrote, God gave me you and sent it to Ed and was like, Hey, I just wrote this song. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, do you like it? He didn't respond. He just said the band's book for tomorrow morning. I'll see you at 10. And I was like, so is that a, yes? so, so, I guess that he's like, give me five more. I need five more. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's scrap the record. You got five let's good lines. <laughs> right. So, so we go in, track it, put it on the record. I get a call from my manager. He's like, Hey man, there's this really successful independent radio guy that her guy gave me you that really thinks we should take it to Christian radio. And I was just like, man, that is not my vibe. I love that world. And I always moonlit it, you know, like played churches every now and then. I have a million of my friends or CCM artists, but I just never felt really called to it. But I mean, I I heard this as loud as I heard anything. I just felt like the Lord was like, look, dude, you can't pray for encouragement and then qualify what I give you. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you can't suddenly like sift through yeah. my answer. You know, That's like, good. hey, somebody wants to put your song on the radio. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I mean, yes, but. You know, so I just felt like God was like, dude, you can't do this. This is how it works. You know, so I was like, all right, open hand. That ended up being this wonderful season. I went to CCM radio. It did really well. I loved being on the radio stations. They were so kind and really embraced me and what I was doing. And a lot of them knew about me before, which is really cool. So it was so encouraging. So I thought, Lord, you nailed it. Like, thank you so much for this. Like, you know, it was so, it, I think it was so fun. It's going to places and starting that song and people knowing it. Cause that was kind of the yeah. first time that it ever happened to me in sort of like unknown cities, you know, not the place that I played for a long time. So then a friend of mine who worked with Blake, she was over eating with us one night and was like, Hey, so Blake has heard God gave me you. And I think he wants you to his wedding. And literally I was like, Blake who? And she was like, Sheldon. And I was like, the country dude. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, how'd you hear it? And she's like, well, he heard it on the radio driving home one night after a show, but he loves it. He and Miranda love it. I think they were putting the wedding, and I was like, sweet. Well, then it was like a month later, she texted me. She's like, hey, actually, I think he's thinking of recording it now. And I was like, that's awesome. So then she told me he was going to single it, and it was this massive deal, of course, because he was starting to like get into that stratosphere where the voice was really happening. And he was, and he had big singles before that, but I think this was just that perfect timing of like, big love song guy everybody was really starting to know about and like that was like really the answer to prayer so it's funny to kind of feel like 
with the CCM thing, I was like, yes. And then God was like, oh, it's only begun, you know, and then I strapped myself onto this rocket as it just like careened into the atmosphere. So yeah, it was an amazing, crazy banana story. I mean, that again, I had zero to do with. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that, man. You know, you've released like what nine or is nine nine hundred albums. What is it? Three thousand three hundred forty-seven. All right. So yeah. let me ask you this one, man. What if if you never picked up a guitar? If Dave Barnes did not go the music route, what would your life look like? Right? What would? Uh, was there another path that maybe you considered, like an orthodontist or? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know me so well. Yeah, I know. Is it because? Yeah, it's great. Team. You can tell I'm a teacher. Yeah. You know, God, again, is really interesting because I feel like I thought forever, like if you'd asked me at 13 what I was going to do, I would have said probably be a preacher or a youth minister. With my dad being that, I think I would have really enjoyed that, just being outgoing and growing up in the church. And so there was that. I think ministry was probably to me like the most normal course. But I think the thing that's so funny, it was sort of like once I got into the entertainment, quote unquote, sphere it was like, oh my gosh, so much of me works in this. Like from the stand-up stuff to playing music to, you know, skits and kind of improv stuff I did in college. It was like, I didn't even know this was all in there. You know what I mean? It was like once I started the music thing, it was like I sort of opened Pandora's box on this part of my personality that that was kind of always there that I had not really known much about. And so it was funny that once that happened, I was like, oh, okay. Like, the, okay, okay, okay. You know, <laughs> because before then, I, I, I laugh sometimes when I think if I'd ever been a preacher because people have been like, dude, just make the point. I'd been like, hold on. So yesterday I'm in the grocery. And speaking of Jonah, stay with me. And I was, you know, like, people have just been like, oh my gosh, just preach from the text, man. I'm like, I know it's great, but listen, hold on, hold on. So then she says, no joke, she says, you know, so I think it would awesome. it would have just turned into like, you know, do, 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 do. anyway, all right, guys, come back next week, you know. Right. Yeah. So it's a, I think it's a better fit. It's a better fit. So cool. So, okay, we talked a little bit about your spouse. And is it Annie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does yeah. she handle the highs and lows of being married to someone with a career in music? How does she handle that? So she is the perfect fit. She's the perfect foil because, like, she is so, so steady. Steady yeah. as steady gets. Literally to the point where it gets frustrating sometimes steady. You know what I mean? Like she's just so, she's so great. And like, she has never, ever, ever a day of our marriage worried about money or if I could pull this off. So it's crazy to me, like on the days where I come in, I'm like, that's it, babe. It's over. I mean, the songs are gone. <laughs> Nobody likes me. I haven't been funny in a show for three shows. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know. You don't know. You're exactly me. You know, and she's she's always believes so much in my ability. I think it's really humbling because she's just never she's never worried about it ever. You know, I can go through seasons where I'm like, God's kind of been slow with songs and people recording stuff, or the shows haven't been great or not these songs I'm writing for myself aren't good. And she's like, okay, so, Hey, did you want ravioli? Or I was thinking, you know, I'm like, does this not bother you? She's like, no, it doesn't. Wow. So in so cool. that said, I don't, I'm not really a worrier by nature. I mean, I, I can get stressed about things, but I'm not really naturally very predisposed to like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. It's trickier with kids. As you guys know, like that's yeah. that little switch got flipped when we had been our oldest all of a sudden I was like why can't I sleep it's 2 a.m. and all I can think about is him suffocating you know like <laughs> yeah. so it's so real was like a it new, is that was a new worry but um 
thankfully, you know, I think she just doesn't work. It's like she's not, it's, it doesn't matter to her. That's amazing. I will say this. I think a lot of that is she grew up in a really wonderful church in Jackson, Mississippi. And I think a lot of her theology informs her lack of anxiety. You know, That's I think awesome. she really believes that God is in control yeah. and that he's good and his plan is the best plan. So I think yeah. it's not just that she's like, no, you're great. And we'll figure this out. I think she's like, no, God is good. Yeah. We're willing to be and it'll, it'll get worked out. That's awesome. So. That's just everything. That's so good. How do you support yeah. her dreams as, you know, as kind of a person with such a big dream? How do you support and kind of search for and give her the room to pursue her dreams as well? Yeah. It's been a great podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're we breaking up. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear you. No, that is a, listen, that is a wonderful question. I think you know, I was sitting in Sunday school about a year ago and the women, the head of women's ministry, our church got up and she had a thought that just, I, I felt like she just took a sledgehammer to my face because she was like, listen, men in this room, you need to create space in your wives' lives for them to be able to minister and to do whatever it is. And I just felt like I was like, stop looking at me. I don't know why you're looking at me. I have a great job of that. But I, I really, it really convicted me because I think it's just easy to not do that, sadly for me. So lately it's been really fun because it feels like, like I said, it feels like a new season of now. She's like got all these dreams and she's kind of started this flower business that she's doing. And we have a cabin out in Leaper's Fork that she's made all these gardens and she is killing it and she's phenomenal at it. And so it's, you know, like I'm having to realize when she goes, hey, I need to go out there for a couple hours and water and weed and I have to go, cool. Like I got the kids, rock it. And that's kind of a new dynamic for us. It's like, because she's always, you know, watching the kids or I'm gone for a weekend doing shows or, or whatever. So it's, it's funny you ask that because I've really had to learn how to kind of go like my family isn't about supporting me. You know what I mean? Like we're two people that both have lives and, and dreams and aspirations and in ways that we feel fulfilled uh, occupationally and spiritually and emotionally and I need to create that space for her so it's been a real new discipline for me in a lot of ways to kind of learn how to go okay what do you need from me to do what it is that you love to do and and gives you life and so it's been really fun to watch and and sort of see as she's doing more of that that's awesome that's awesome man so uh let's talk about your new album the heart behind it and then the longest title in the history who knew it would be so hard to be me yeah in this shit time yeah it's i wanted to get in there with like the fiona apple whatever that one record she released it was like a paragraph you know uh (laughs) so it's funny i don't think i've ever had such an honest record like it's a really vulnerable record for me which was kind of a new thought i remember somebody talking about Mayer's new record and that song in the blood. And I thought it was so fascinating because they described it as like, you got to hear this song. Like it's a really necessary song to hear. And I remember thinking like, what makes a song that like, what is it about music? You go, you have to hear this. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with someone really being vulnerable and like them going, I'm letting down this thing. And that's why you connect with it. you. go, Oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Or like, I want to celebrate the fact that you're being so open and candid so it kind of made me rethink a lot of this record because I kind of had a lot of it written and I was like, you know, I need to be more authentic. Like a song called Chasing Dreams, I wrote after that. Song for My Children, I wrote after that. Having Kids, I wrote after that. There were all these songs that I was kind of like, you know, what does it look like if I'm a little more honest than, than like peppy or fun or romantic or whatever? And that's why I called it, who knew it would be so hard to be myself because I've, I've been through a season occupation, especially writing songs for other people that 
it was just kind of kicking my rear and I felt like I was really terrible at it. And it made me question a million things about myself and my skill set or the lack thereof. And so, um, and so I literally one day was like, why is it so hard for me to just be my, like literally just to be who I am? Like, why can't I just trust that God is good? And I'm, and I was made wonderfully and perfectly as opposed to thinking I got to turn into somebody else. Shouldn't this be the easiest thing I do is just to be who I am. And I, and it was like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really hard sometimes. And so that's kind of where it was cool to kind of see the album sort of fall under that. And then I wrote, you know, the title track and then it was like, Oh, that is kind of what this album is about. Not always, but mostly, which I like, cause it's fun to feel like 10 records and I'm doing something I hadn't done. Cause that's, I think that's so hard. It's kind of going like, well, what's going to be the thing that people, you know, go, Oh, this is interesting and new. And I haven't heard him talk about this or, yeah, you know, cause it's, when you've written that many songs, you know, sure. for people to be, makes people go, Oh, this is cool. You know, yeah. Well, we're loving it. I know we speak for many and we say that, but one of the themes that I kind of heard throughout it was the reminder that life is a gift, right? You know, family is a gift. Treasure the time you have together. I mean, when I heard, remember that I love you for the first time, I was not prepared for that. I mean, tears (laughs) literally shot out of my eyes and I sent it to several of my mom friends and they had the same reaction. Like, why did you send me that? Oh my gosh, I'm just done yeah. for the day. Was that intentional? Are you trying to kill us? I mean, what is the, was that a, like a theme that you knew would be part of the album? I think this record, and I think this is what I mean by vulnerability. I think this record more than any other one, it wrecked me writing these songs. Like mm-hmm. I cried so much making this record because like, you know, with songs for my children and having kids, remember that I love you. I would, I mean, so that song, especially I wrote with a dear friend of mine, a guy named Josh Kerr, who is a insanely talented 26 year old jerk who we were writing and we had started this idea and we were kind of working on it. I start, and he started playing this thing on piano. I was like, what are you playing? He's like, I don't know. And, he, and I started playing guitar and I was like, we have to write whatever that is. And he, so we, he stopped the other thing that we were working on. He's like, all right. And I leaned back in the chair and I was like, ah, I know what this needs to be about. And it was just like, <laughs> Give me a second. What? I was like, I was like, literally, literally, I was like, this has got to be about my kids. And I started crying. (laughs) He was like, he was like, are you okay? Do we need a minute? And I was like, oh, freaking a! I was like, I didn't want to do this today. But he's a dear friend. Like he's basically a little brother. And so I was like, just give me a minute. Let me get this together. And so we, he kept playing the little thing, and that thing got written so fast. But I mean, it wrecked me. Like I was having to take time out and just like, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So That's I think the real. second verse should be, <laughs> and that happened on probably like four or five of those songs because I just felt like, you know, the thing that's so funny about writing songs about your kids is it's such a fine line between like writing nursery songs and songs that feel like, you know, little baby boo, <laughs> you know, and then writing stuff that feels compelling in a way that even people that don't have kids yeah. can go, God, that's, that's, that's powerful. And yeah. so that was the line I had to walk. Cause I'd written some that felt a little too, like, nobody's going to get this if you don't have a kid. Yeah. And then, and then trying to write those songs, like, look, I'm going to have three or four spaces on this record. And that is it. I'm, I'm not going to be the dad that suddenly does records that are like, Oh, let me guess. That's when you started having kids because the rest of these turned into like, son, look into the world and be the man that you can be. You know, nobody's like, oh. Um, 
So I want to be really careful with it. And I, and I think that my qualifier was if it really moves me, like if it yeah. just kills me, then it makes the cut. Anything less, I, I don't need to take that time up on the record. Uh, and well, so thankfully, it was success um, for sure. And I, I well, want thanks. people to that hear means- that, like, when we say it kills us, it kills us in a great way. And that's what I love about it. Like, yeah. I don't listen to your songs and feel depressed afterwards. It's yeah. a great reminder that life is a gift, like we said. And it's gut-wrenching because you remember that. And it makes you look at your kids differently and play with them differently and be present with them and slow down and really treasure that time. So I love songs that move that in me. And I love that about this album. So good job. Well, and you know, too, I'll, I'll say lastly, I think the thing is, there, there's not a lot of songs like that. And yeah. I think that was the other thing that was so compelling to me trying to write them. It's like, I couldn't think, there's a couple, Sarah Groves has a couple that I can't listen to. Literally, I'm like, nope, I see the title, I know the song, I'll hum it for a second, and we move on with life. Yeah. Because I can't deal with it. I can't, it's like, I can't look that thing in the eye or I'm toast. Yeah. And, and there's a few, but there's not really like a great canon of those kind of songs. There's not like, I think especially written by dads, and written by dads who are in their 30s that aren't like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it feels a little more whatever. Like, something you're like, no, I would listen to that. Right. Like it's, it's still good music. It's, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I couldn't say that, but you said it, so I'll give you that. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, it's really amazing. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't feel too cheesy or don't yes. feel too yes. overthought. So that was also fun. It's kind of going, man, I would love to feel like I can add to that canon. Like, throw a couple of songs in yeah. that, that world that is not super populated global thought that to me is what i love about writing music is feeling like i want to be able to write songs that make people's soundtracks for every season of their life yeah that i could think that i have the songs that people go oh that's the song that we got engaged to that's the song we walked down the aisle that's the song we listened to when we started having kids that's the song when we you know what like that yeah. really to me is what i, I want to do with my music is to try to be like i just want to have a song or two that as you keep doing your life, you plug in. You know, not be the guy who's like, oh, we listened to Dave when we got married. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so, um, <laughs> or like, but that it was like, no, like he has. It's timeless. Yeah. So that, that's something. Yeah. yeah. And I think, so that was another thing about writing those songs. I was like, it'd just be fun to add to that part of life, you know. Absolutely. Like, well, we've well, certainly done that for us. Yeah. We, we've been fans since Police Never Die. So yeah. that was like, yeah. I don't know, wow. a long time ago. Wow. A long time. Yeah. 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 Time yeah. Ago. yeah. Hey, so yeah, before yeah. we wrap up, man, you know, the whole idea behind one life is helping people really capture the idea that you get one shot at this thing. And we all, most people yeah. live afraid and scared and don't fully like live their life to the fullest. So you seem like a guy who enjoys adventure and taking risk, obviously with the crew you've chosen and the life you've lived. Like what, are, what's a big risk that you've taken, man? And kind of how to turn out on the other side. Well, you know, I think I'm living it right now. So Andy Stanley had a sermon series that changed my life, and it was called Choosing to Cheat, which may be the most mm-hmm. provocative <laughs> sermon series. Right. Welcome to Choosing to Cheat. Yeah. Like some of the guys are unbuttoning their shirts. He's like, right. stop, that's weird. Sure. <laughs> Not um, that kind. But, you know, based on this idea that you can either invest in your family or invest in your career, you can't do both, and only one of them will thrive. I remember where I was mm-hmm. when I heard that. I was going to walk before a show and – listen to it and I was like, whoa, my gosh. And so that's, you know, I think that's a risk that I'm, that I'm taking now. It's kind of going, you know, my career is probably going to suffer because I'm not doing as much as I could, but my family will thrive. And that's, it feels really risky to me in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, I could definitely spend more time playing shows or trying to make music or being gone, kind of chasing more adventures or opportunities. But 
I don't feel like that's what the Lord wants. So I've, I've just kind of gone, you know, I'm going to hedge my bets on this and just hope that like healthy, prayerfully kids that know the Lord someday will be the worth the risk I took in, in a career that probably yielded more fruit or money or whatever. That's so good. So that's right <laughs> what a great risk yeah hey man that's the best a risk kid, you can take yeah, yeah raising a kid and being a dad and a, and a husband is the greatest risk anybody could take yeah you know, absolutely all right so we're gonna get to kind of our final wrap it up here you're off the hot seat in a little bit um we got three questions we love to ask before we kind of close out a show and it's this it's uh, what's a book that changed your life what's a habit that's changed your life and what advice would you give to the younger you so what's a book that's changed your life I'll, I'll say a couple. The first book that I read that really rocked me was Diedrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together. That one messed me up. I mean, that was it's kind of the first book I read that was like, oh, like community is sort of penultimate to the Christian experience. And I think people don't realize that. Right. Um, yeah. We're made to live life together, not to sort of be these islands that sort of swim over to each other every now and then. So it says you can only know yourself through community i love that quote to me is yeah, like it's good mind-blowing that was a great one um i'm a big enneagram guy so i love uh yeah. there's a few of those i just got through reading um the new one the uh, path between the path. us yeah. yeah we just had her on so it's fresh in my mind yes Suzanne. she's um, fantastic she's she's incredible um those two have been the kind of recent ones that i've really loved so and you're a seven is that as right? much as you can be <laughs> yeah i mean Shocker? just yeah He's a, a seven too. I'm a seven. He's a seven. Yep. What's your wife? What's Annie? She's eight. As She's strong an eight. As eight. Ooh. Nice. So she keeps you in line. Oh boy. <laughs> So she's got to oh, yeah. be an eight with like a seven wing though, right? Right. Yeah, she is. Okay. Yeah. She is. Yeah. She's the lighter version of it. Like you probably wouldn't <laughs> notice that if y'all met her. You know what I mean? Like she's not one of these people that would like try to pick a fight with you while you're shaking her hand for the first time. Right. She's not that eight. But uh, she's definitely uh, she's a truth teller, and that's what that's one of the things yeah, that I'm the most addicted cool. to about her is like <laughs> whether I like it or not. Okay. You know, like I can get done with a show and be like, I am a gift to everyone here. Uh, you're welcome for having been in my presence. And I walk back and I'll be like, what'd you think? And she's like, ah, you were off key about half the show. Uh, you forgot the lyrics in those two songs. And I really didn't like the outfit. And I'm like, okay, so this is the last show I'll ever play. Um, I don't even know that we should be married. Just Frank. And, uh, no, but I love it. I love it. I can't do life without <laughs> without her and that. So yeah, she's. But I love those books. What are you, what are y'all seven and what? Oh, uh, seven, seven and, and one. one. I'm yeah. a one. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're unhealthy, there's two ones in the house, which is exciting. Exactly. <laughs> but when she's healthy, she's. I'm a seven. A seven. So we try See, and keep it's a it. Party. Yeah. There you go. So we try and keep it. That's party. great. That's why That's we have really five great. kids, bro. Yeah. We're having fun. <laughs> 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 all right let's keep we this appropriate up, listen there we go bro. moving right along all right. uh what's, what's a, a habit, habit that's changed, changed your life? life you know this is a really boring answer but it's probably true i started running about three years ago for my problems and that's really awesome no i've just I, I started running i try to do at least a couple times a week and it's i love it it really has changed a lot about my life got, you know your body gets used to it and then, like, before you know it, you sort of crave it and you're, you go crazy if you don't. But that's probably the only habit habit I have that's, like, 
that's yeah. really, I mean, that's the bad part of my sevenness is that I, I don't really love having routines. So it's tough for me, but that is one I, I try to do consistently. Nice. Okay. And what advice would you give to younger Dave? You know, I think what I would say is just keep doing what you're doing. But yeah, I, I'm so thankful. So thankful. I cannot say this enough that I don't have a bunch of things where I'm like, oh boy, dude, just get ready for 32. Hold on. It's terrible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I kind of feel, you know, I'm just a big sovereignty God guy. So I kind of feel like it was supposed to happen like it has. Yeah. And I think it's really shaped me and my wife and our kids. And so, yeah, I think I would just say like, keep the path, trust your gut, listen to the Lord. It works out. That's so good. <laughs> it's going to be okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. And yeah. uh, we'll see you at your show in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Months, I, right? I need to make sure we say hey. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you, dude. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. All right, man. We'll see you. And that's Dave Barnes. <laughs> Such a great conversation. Oh, so good. Love that guy. And we're going to do something special this episode and close it out with the incredible song we talked about, Remember That I Love You. I'm such a huge fan of songs that remind me that life is a gift, and that's exactly what this one does. So you guys enjoy. From the moment that I first held you, I knew someday I'd have to let you go. I would have stayed there forever. Some things I just know I've been begging the seconds and minutes Always asking them to take their time Wanna make some memories Before you leave while you're still mine And when it's time Whichever way the 